The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Well, I am just so excited. We have an action-packed show for you today. This is the show that we had wanted to bring you for some time, and today we're going to do it. We invite you to call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's anywhere in the United States. Now, I just got my stats this week for this show, and I can tell you that many, many people are listening around the world, and you can't call in, and we get it. By the way, we so much appreciate you folks, especially all you folks out of Europe. I'm just blown away by the number of people in Europe that are listening to this show in China and Japan and Canada. And so be sure and write to us and let us know. Zimbabwe, they, they wrote me this last week and wanted to know when I was coming. I'm like, I can barely make it to L.A., let alone Zimbabwe. I can't believe it. But anyway, if you're in the U.S. and you're listening to it live, you're certainly welcome to call in. You can always, regardless of where you live, go on to Facebook and find Million Kids. Now, that is M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because more, we're getting a bunch of feedback here. Hold on. we got to have real quiet here, okay? Uh, that is Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. It's not one million kids, and it's not a million kids. It's just simply Million Kids. And if you go to Facebook and find us and like us, then send us a comment, or you can write to me at opal, O-P-A-L, at me and kids. Well, enough about that. I just wanted to let you know Susie isn't with us today. She usually is, and uh, but she's off on her other job. I don't, I don't know if you all know how this works, but me and kids is very much a volunteer organization. Uh, we are small, but we are mighty. We reach around the world, and it is our goal to train the entire world about how to stop sex trafficking, labor trafficking, exploitation of all kinds. And that's why we need you to come in from your part of the world and join in with us. We'd ask you to share this show with everyone that you can. The Exploited Crimes Against Humanity has their own website, which is exploited.com. Excuse me, I have that wrong. That is Exploited Crimes 
Com. And if you go on there and you hit listen, you will see that we have over 30-some shows now that you can download on your iPod or your iPad or listen to on iTunes and share it with everyone you know. By the way, you can archive those shows also just by sending me an, a message because there is no charge. It is my desire to train missionaries, to train Um, NGOs and train everyone I can around the world. Well, that's enough of all of that. Today, we have a friend of mine and also, in my opinion, one of the finest experts in the business. His name is Dr. Thomas Howe, and he's on on the phone with us. You want to say good morning, Tom? Good morning to you, Opal, and all the listeners. <laughs> all right. Well, Tom uh, and I hooked up, uh, I guess, last year, and we have just had an exciting time sharing ideas. Uh, Tom is a forensic psychologist. Now, you may wonder what the heck that is, and we'll have him tell you, but in essence, it's a psychologist that works with law enforcement and the law the legal system in making cases. And we want to talk about the impact of the cyber um, phenomena, if you will, on victims of human trafficking, on perpetrators. So before we get started, Tom, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself? Yes. Uh, First of all, I've been working in mental health and with uh, the specific courts criminal, civil, juvenile, criminal, and family law in stopping and reducing or diagnosing child physical, sexual, and psychological abuse. I've testified over 500 times in courts throughout California. So my expertise is in the diagnosis and treatment of children of abuse, also working with uh, stopping predators, sexual predators, um, child abusers, and then also the treatment for drug and alcohol addiction, which then led me to my ministry now, which is in the area of helping uh, Opal Singleton and www.millionkids.org in the reduction of sex trafficking, reducing child pornography, and uh, also making parents more aware and alert about the dangers of the phone, the internet, and also gaming. So that's my ministry, and that's how I want to proceed and discuss uh, the new book by Dr. Mary Akins. Dr. Akins is a forensic psychologist, cyber psychologist, and that will be the focus of much of my discussion today. Yes, uh, when Tom and I got acquainted and found out kind of how our backgrounds kind of intersect, and then we both discovered this book, and and we don't have permission to promote this book, by the way, we're just doing it because, you know how it is, you get a book and you go, oh my gosh, look at this, oh, and look at this, and look at this, and I'm emailing Tom, he's emailing me going, this is just such an intersect of our own work, and uh, some different ideas, and uh, as you know, I have a book called Seduction the grooming of America's teenagers. And Mary Aiken's work is very similar, only from a different angle. So we want to kind of uh, talk about that. We also want to give her the shout out. Her book is The Cyber Effect, and her name is A-I-K-E-N, and I think she's from the UK, if I remember right, and we'll have to track her down. But we want to talk about some of our own ideas, some of Dr. Um, Hal's experiences, and then also kind of weave them in with some of the thoughts of Mary Aiken. So why don't you start with that, Tom, 
and uh, we'll just kind of roll with it. Okay, that's fine. All right, to begin with, Dr. Aiken is what's called a forensic cyber psychologist. Now, our listeners will ask, well, what does that mean? Well, she focuses in on the study and the impact of emerging technology on human behavior. She wants to understand what are we doing to ourselves as technology increases and outstrips our ability to really understand it and use it effectively or without serious consequences. Now, I want our listeners to understand the Internet has many, many positives about it. It helps in medicine. It's brought the world closer. It makes research easier. It has many positives. But it also has dangers. And I'm going to be talking about some of those dangers that are very well-defined and have been studied in empirical studies by Dr. Aiken. For example, one of the things that is emphasized is what's called online disinhibition. In word, basically what it means is this. When people go on the Internet, they think they're anonymous. They're robbed of the opportunity to really see face-to-face who they're talking to. They think they're talking to someone that's similar belief systems, similar uh, culture or, or thoughts or perceptions. Well, the reality is, had they seen this person face-to-face, they're robbed of 40% of what they would be saying put themselves on guard. For example, yeah. they would say, well, this person could be a pedophile. Oh, this person looks like they could be uh, a drug dealer. This person could look like they're a gang member. But we're robbed of that, so what, what occurs is people develop a false sense of security. This false sense of security allows them to think, well, this is a person like me. I, I feel safe here. And what happens with that is it decreases their, their judgment, increases their impulsivity to go into chat rooms or discuss things or take photographs of themselves, which they would normally never do. Never even consider that someone's asking for a photograph of their genitals or of how they look in a bathing suit. They say, I don't know you. I'm not going to give you that. But the internet robs them of the face-to-face. They feel anonymous, and they show poor judgment and increased impulsivity. Yeah, let me jump in there a minute uh, because that is just such an important aspect of this. You know, I kind of want to back up a minute with our listeners. This whole on idea of the Internet is really in the last 15 years is beginning to take over our life. And this happens to adults and kids, what he's talking about. And what is fascinating about this, and I write about this often in my book, is from a, from a sex trafficking point of view, from a grooming and recruiting point of view, these predators get this. They get it in spades, by the way. They, they really understand it. A predator will only give you a little bit of information, and that allows you to make up the rest. And so what he's talking about there, this anonymity, it's, it's important from the standpoint of the victim, but it's also important from the standpoint 
uh, standpoint of the perpetrator. Let me give you an extreme example of this, of a, of a situation I had before too long, and, and the people sounded like really fine people, so I don't want to put the people down, but it was an interesting phenomena. They called me and said, would you call our daughter, because she's 18 and she wants to go to Mexico and meet her new boyfriend, and we can't do anything to stop her. And so I called this girl. Now, she seemed like a smart girl, a regular kid. And I'm talking to her, and she says, you know, I said, well, tell me about this guy. And she's saying, well, you know, he's just wonderful, and he understands me, and, and um, you know, he has this great sense of humor, and we have so much in common. And, you know, I, I just feel better when I talk to him. And I said, well, what does he look like? And she says, I don't know. And I said, well, how can you not know? You've been on Skype with this guy for nine months. And she goes, well, he's shy. And you see what's happening is this girl's bought a airline ticket to go to Mexico City to see a guy she's never, ever met, doesn't know what he looks like just because he makes her feel good. So I think that's a great example of what Tom is talking about here of how a predator uses this because when you can't see, you make up what you want. And that is the art of the grooming process. Would you agree with that, Tom? Absolutely. And what it, what it leads to is what's called online escalation. They get more and more impulsive doing things that they would never do and eventually wind up saying, oh, okay, you can, I'll meet you at this corner and you can pick me up and I'll take a ride and we'll go out to dinner. Next thing you know, they've been clubbed and are drugged and now they're into something that they never understood in any capacity and have no way to get out of. Boy, I'll tell you, we see that. Yep, we see that more often than you'd ever believe. Well, this first segment really went fast. We are up against a hard break. This is Opalette Me and Kids, and we'd invite you to call in at 866-472-5788. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
follow the movement, meet guests who are shaking things up, call in, and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. As as they just said, this is Opal. I am your host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We would encourage you to share this show with as many people as you can. Most people don't get a chance to listen to it live. They listen to it on the archive shows, which you can either get at millionkids.org. Hello? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So go ahead, Opal. Okay. Okay. well, I lost my train of thought here. Okay, you can get this at opal at millionkids.org, and uh, you can follow it at exploitedcrimes.com. So we have Dr. Thomas Howell on here, and we are talking about uh, some of the work that he's done and also a book that both he and I have read of Dr. Uh, Mary Akins, and the book is called Cyber Effect. And we have been talking about how the Internet gives you a false sense of security, which leads a person to think that they're talking to people that are just like them, they align themselves, but they don't know that, they can't see them, and so they make that up. And I talk about this in my book, Fantasy Relationships. When you make it up, you get to make up whatever you want, and you you really become obsessed with your own fantasy. When that's happening, you decrease judgment, and you increase your impulsivity, And then it escalates. So that's what we covered in the first segment. I'm going to pick it up. Uh, Tom, you want to pick it up from there? Yes, I would. I'd like to move towards an understanding that this eventually leads into obsessive thinking, obsessive thinking about that individual who they perceive as someone that is similar to them, that likes them, that gives them a sense of approval, gives them a sense that they are liked, which is something that many adolescents crave. They have their hormones going crazy. They want to be accepted. Sometimes they're rebuked in their own social peers. So they go online and they meet these this person or in chat rooms where they feel accepted. And you know that, that accepts that- it. Yeah, let me give you a case that uh, that reminds me of. There was a girl of a case that we talked about a long time ago, but I I was so fascinated. She was a regular girl. She was, um, I think they were from Ohio or somewhere, and they had moved to Georgia in her senior year of high school. Now, here's a girl who never would have taken up with the wrong crowd, never would have been in sex trafficking, none of that. But when she moved to Georgia, she didn't know anybody, and it was difficult for her to make new relationships so she turned to the internet you know long story short she met a guy she ran off with him he ended up trafficking her but it was that element of being able to retreat into the world of cyberspace and and creating the friends that she wanted to in her mind 
that led her to become a victim, exactly what you're talking about. Very well said. Now, I'll take it a, a step further, is that as this individual gets online and has this fantasy relationship, they begin to have an addiction to be needed. They need to pursue that very actively. They can't wait till they get out of school. And the first thing they're on is back on the Internet to, to connect or see what that person has left them or what they can uh, put forth in the chat room. Well, what let proceeds me, let from me. there is an, an adrenaline addiction. That causes an adrenaline addiction where dopamine is released in the brain. Dr. Okay, let me, stop. let me stop you Go there ahead. a minute because right. I don't... I want to make sure our audience can experience the impact of what you just said, the, because that's ever one of us. If you look at your life 10 years ago and your life now, whether you're an adult or in a child, all of us are addicted to that instantaneous feedback. And as Tom is talking about, it's because dopamine is released in our brain and we all become addicted to that. Now, I want you to think about that, what that means in the world of social media. All of us, most, most ever one of us have a Facebook account. And we, we now evaluate ourselves, first of all, by the number of friends we have. And the number of comments. And if we're feeling low, we kind of bait them, okay? We dig out a picture. Uh, We search for uh, a statement. We take selfies. We, if we're not getting it, we're feeding the pipeline so we do get it. And that is true whether you're an adult or a child. And I, I really would ask you to stop and look at your own behavior, especially you Christians that are out there. Because I think this is powerful because we are supposed to be children of God, children who stop, who stay, who are still and know that there is a God and that our, our sense of worth doesn't come from that instantaneous feedback, but comes from knowing that we are a worthy child of God and that we need to teach our children It doesn't matter if you have two or 2,000 Facebook friends, where is the depth of the soul? And I just think that that's, I don't want to sail over that point because I want our audience to stop and think about their own lives. I am no different than you, by the way. I'm no holier than thou. I was telling Tom yesterday, I sit in church and I have a great pastor with a good good message. And I find myself wanting to check that phone to see if I got some input. And you say to yourself, you're in front of God. You know, you're in God's house listening to God's word. And, and I, you know, in fact, I challenge your listeners. When you get up in the morning, do you check your email first or you do your devotions first? Hello. <laughs> okay. Okay, Tom, keep going. All right. I'll continue with. With that, thank you. All right, so we're talking about an addiction to be needed, an addiction for approval, an addiction to adrenaline and a, a dopamine high. But there's also this component of an addiction of feeling part of something, part of something bigger than them. And what, what that feeds into is predatory behavior by um, different groups, pedof- pedophiles or gang members or other people that 
are going to utilize these children to send uh, photographs of themselves or otherwise. And we, we need to alert the world that this really puts these kids at risk. They just are real naive. They're very innocent. And yet they are brought in and they form into an addiction, which gets a dopamine high, and then they're hooked. And that's, uh, that's a major concern that needs to be addressed by the parents because some of the new research that's done in the United States says 95% of all teams are, teens are online. Well, pretty soon all of the world will have some type of cell phone, which means that they're going to be connected to the Internet. So this I, is going I to be a widespread problem across the world. Go ahead, Sopal. I can't tell you how much that concerns me. And as you know, I'm working on a global program to address this. But I, I want to go back and think this out a little bit about being part of something bigger and this this addiction to be needed. I want to I want to separate those for a second. One of the things that I see is that uh, I first want to go back to the addiction to be needed because what you're seeing in this predator prey kind of um, scenario is they're seeking a sense of intimacy with this person that they feel they're not getting in their own household. And uh, you'll see that even in marriages. You know, uh, you see married couples that uh, all of a sudden he has a girlfriend that he is in his online gaming and he's spending more time with her than with the wife. And that is really all about the fact that it's a fantasy, okay? It is a, um, you know, I, I, I think about this sometimes. I talk to parents about this. One of the arts of grooming is to create this alter universe that is so much more attractive than what they have at home that it's difficult for them to want to return to the reality of just being part of a family member. In other words, mom and dad are over here saying, you're grounded, clean up your room, and he's saying, hey, baby, you're hot. And you're thinking to yourself, which one of these do you like? Okay, you can't blame a child for wanting that because... You have no responsibility in that fantasy world. That husband who falls in love on the internet, you know, you know, he's talking to some girl, and I and I often will use this in my discussion here, is you know, the wife isn't arguing with the husband. The the wife isn't arguing with the girlfriend. The wife is arguing with the fantasy. And it's very likely that the girlfriend is no better than the wife, okay? <laughs> They're probably both a little overweight and, and they spend too much money. But in his mind, she's just dropped dead beautiful and wants sex six times a night. And so this is the reason why I wanted Tom to be able to talk about this addiction to being needed. And not only how much does it control your life as a parent, as a family, but it controls your child's life and makes them absolutely desperate for that approval. And you can't understand it because you think, the kid knows I love them. I include them in everything. So how can they be vulnerable? And I, I, I think that this addiction to be needed is way under-researched. What are your thoughts? Right. I'm going to highlight this. You highlighted how many adults uh, have these types of issues. Now, I'm going to focus in on, because I'm primarily an adolescent psychologist, uh, child and adolescent, so 
So I'm going to focus in on what is the issue for an adolescent. The number one task for, a ch- for an adolescent is to define their own identity in their, in their development. From the ages of 13 to 18, the major developmental task is to find and get a more cohesive understanding of their identity and who they are. But here's what's occurring with these kids. They're listening to mom, and they're integrating some of the things of mom, and they're listening to dad and integrating some things of dad, but discarding some other things about both of the parents. And then they look at their peers. And then they go online and they go, well, here's this person telling me how wonderful I am. Here's this person saying that, that I'm special or that I'm beautiful or that I have all these unique parts. And they begin that fantasy relationship and begin to form an identity that has no substance. They've never seen this person. They don't know how old they are. They don't know what they look like. They don't know really what they do for a living. They're robbed of all those abilities to to see someone face-to-face, but they form this fantasy identity, and it's really a pseudo-identity. It's not yeah, real. Let, let me stop you. It's not real. Go ahead, yes. Popo. I have to stop you right there because we're up against this break here, but you're absolutely right. They're living totally outside the realm of reality, and that is how they get groomed. We are... Coming up against our break here, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. 
If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. This is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This show goes out to over 170 countries, and we are excited as heck to be part of the Voice America Variety Channel and the Voice America family. They're great people, and we're very appreciative today for Kevin being our our, uh, producer here with us and helping us with this show. So we would ask you to share this show with everyone that you know, and you can share the archive shows. You don't have to listen live, although we certainly like that if you do, but you can share all the archive shows just by going to exploitedcrimes.com and go to listen and you will see all the archive shows on there. Well, this week we are talking to Dr. Tom Howe. Thomas Howe, I call him Tom. He is a friend of ours and he is a forensic psychologist and we are talking about the internet and the impact that the internet has in the process of grooming people into sex trafficking and and quite frankly just some of the impact that it has on our life. Where we left off here is we're talking about kind of an addiction to be needed and the impact of uh, dopamine on the brain. Uh, We sometimes have Dr. Andy Doan that we talk about. He has a book called Hooked on Games, and we will get into gaming later on uh, in probably another segment, and we may have Andy on with us as we talk about the the role that happens chemically in the brain when you get a, a great... We're getting a lot of feedback here. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, okay. So anyway... The dopamine gives you an adrenaline rush, and it is part of the addiction process when you do something. Now, Tom is talking about especially the Internet on a young person and how they're defining their own identity. You want to pick it up from there, Tom, and, and take it, take away there? Sure. What we're talking about is that as an adolescent forms their identity, it's impacted by their parents, by their friends, but now... For the first time in the history of the world, these kids have been raised on the Internet. That's what they know as babies, right. as young young children, and now as adolescents. They have been raised and go to the Internet anywhere from 1,500 times a day, 1,500 times a week, that people are checking their phones. So that's 200 times a day. That has Amazing. led to a severe addiction. <laughs> and I'll go Amazing. back to you on that, Popo. Well, that's amazing. I I believe it myself. I do the same thing. And, I, you know, we're not saying this is right or wrong. We're not here setting in judgment. Uh, we just want you to stop and recognize how much your child's life will be different than your own and your own upbringing and what that means in danger to a child. Because if you're looking for that instant feedback, that's why things like Kick, K-I-K, and uh, WhatsApp, those instant messaging apps, those Instagrams that get shot out all the time, because they're constant. And, and now we've accelerated. We have tweets, you know. We tweet, 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 and retweet. And, you know, think about what that means versus 20 years ago when you had feedback. And as Tom is talking about, Think about what that means if you're 11, 
Well, let's say you're getting a phone at 9, 10, and 11. And as most of you know, I don't approve of that because you have no cognitive reasoning. You can absolutely be certain that child is going to do something and may end up being a victim. But, you know, think about what that's doing. You're programming your child for that instantaneous outside feedback all day long. And when that does, that opens the door for people on instant messaging, for Instagram, for a lot of these uh, sites that are out there to give input to a child on things about morality, spirituality, sexuality, things that were the holy grail for a parent. You not only have them coming from an outsider, but they're coming in rapid succession where your child needs that approval. So pick up with that and keep going. All right. What, what we're talking about here now is Opal is discussing with everyone that there are basic triggers that go into the phone and the Internet that the makers of uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the phones all put in these little um, prompts or triggers. Oh, you've got, a, you've got an email, and you hear the, the, the sound uh, <laughs> that tells you that you have something. That triggers anxiety within the child or the adolescent. Well, I better check my phone. I better check it. Well, that then leads to a compulsion that they have to check it. And many times, we're up to 61% of, of adults in one poll sleep with their phone under their pillow. Yeah, so the numbers actually... Home, yeah. Instead of coming home from school saying, oh, I've got to do my homework. No, I've got to check my phone. I've got to find out what, what I'm missing. And then they get that dopamine release. And some of the new research, and I'm almost there, Dr. Panksef, P-A-N-K-S-E-E-P, talks about we have permanent brains that love to forage. They love curiosity. So one of the things that adolescents will do is they'll come back home and they'll start foraging and looking at different websites, oftentimes looking at websites that their parents would never approve of, and they know it. So that creates a dopamine response. But what we're talking about here is you've got the triggers on the phone, there's this foraging response, you get the dopamine release, and the next thing you know, this kid is on websites or in chat rooms that they never would have done before because they think it's anonymous and no one will get hurt. That, you know, that, yeah, that, I get that feedback from these kids all the time. As you know, in my book, I talk about Grand Theft Auto, where they have sex with the prostitute and killer. Now, I picked that because that's an extreme example, but there are many other examples out there of what is happening. And it's a fascinating thing because when they go on there, they feel like it's all okay because. It's not real. They will tell you having sex with a prostitute is not a big deal because it's not sex. And you're going, really? Then why did you pay 50 bucks for it? Because you did. And then you say, do you feel bad about killing her? You kill her to get the money back. You say, do you feel bad? No, I just feel bad. I didn't get all my money back. So it is changing the moral perception because it is ta- it's, it's like our kids believe that there's one set of morals in a fantasy world and one set of morals in the real life world. And this is where it goes wrong. In fact, some of you have heard me say I did a survey at a church where they one fourth of the kids in that youth group said sin on the Internet is not sin. And this is how they get recruited. You know, they're they're making a real life decision in a fantasy world. The minute they 
hook up with this guy and they leave that fantasy world and get in that car, they're victims. The minute they're in that fantasy world and they send a real photo, a naked photo, then their life changes. And so one of the challenges here is educating our children about how to navigate in a fantasy world but recognize the impact of real-life decisions. Very good. I'm going to even go a step further, and this is more of a delicate uh, concept and delicate issue, but I do need to share it with our listeners. that One of the things that happens as this young girl, maybe 12, 13, 14, begins to talk to this sexual predator is that it leads to sex texting, and um, there is this exchange between the predator and the, the young child, this young girl, and there's stimulation, there's masturbation. And that then reinforces this relationship with this person. And that can, that can also lead to saying, well, now I want to meet them directly, I want the opportunity to see them because I'm in love with them and they know all about me and I know all about them, which then the sexual predator sets up the opportunity for a meeting and from there, we get into sex trafficking and other things that are of a criminal nature. And I'd like you to expand upon that, if you would, Opal. Yeah, one of my concerns with this is as technology is advancing, and, and uh, we just recently had a show on this, when it started with sexting, and we were all just kind of appalled. You know, you got to be kidding. They're saying all this stuff in uh, in you know, back and forth and texting and like that. But now we have live streaming and we now have encrypted messaging and encrypted chat rooms. So what that means to you folks who are not deep into technology is encrypted messaging means that the people in the middle don't get to see what's going on there. So it's kind of like Snapchat. All our kids were sending naked photos because they thought they disappeared in 10 seconds or less. Well, it turns out predators can intercept those in 10 seconds or less and put them on, you know, uh, child pornography sites. So while they were, they started with this sense that they won't get caught, that it's okay, as technology is advancing, this is going to become more and more so because they believe live streaming won't be recorded. Well, live streaming can be recorded, by the way, and it can be put out in child porn rings. So, and it can be intercepted, which it often is. So I'm seeing this whole thing escalating. Uh, one of the things that I've seen, if, and if you follow these cases on me and kids' Facebook page, and um, Susie puts these new cases up there every three or four hours, and one of the things you'll see is there are whole rings trying to groom these kids, and they'll get a naked photo. If they can even just get a topless photo, let's say, and they start with that, then they demand another one, or they're going to broadcast that photograph. So the child feels absolutely trapped, so they give one completely nude. Pretty soon it moves into, I need you to have sex with another person and film it. And there is never an end. Once you send that first photo, you are trapped. We need to have that dialogue with our kids right now. And that's the business of me and kids. By the way, if you want to donate to me and kids to support what we are doing, you can do that by going to meandkids.org. And we appreciate your donations. But what will happen, as Tom is talking about, is this is escalating. It's escalating from sex texting 
to literally live streaming. And, and it will really change our world if we don't start today to have those in-depth conversations with our kids about what the reality, you know, it used to be we'd say, don't take candy from strangers. Now we hand the kid the candy. Okay, so they can talk to strangers. Then we say, don't get in the car with strangers. But now we had a device so they can meet people to sneak off with. So, you know, it isn't like the predator is obviously pursuing them. They start that relationship. And due to the psychology that Dr. Hal is talking about here, they actually go out and get in the car with that ch- with that predator. We are already up against a break. I want to kind of move into what takes place here in gaming in the next section. And we'd invite you to stay with us. This is Opal Singleton. I am your host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. And we come to you every Thursday morning on Voice America Variety Channel at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yay, California. Hey, we'll be right with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We have as our guest today, Dr. Thomas Howell, and we are talking about uh, the impact of the cyber world, the cyber phenomena on our young people and how it works psychologically. Dr. Howell is a renowned forensic psychologist out of Orange County. He's handled many, many court cases and worked with many family custody cases, and we have, he and I both have been reading a book by Mary Akins called The Cyber Effect, and it just kind of intersects with both the work that we do between uh, he and I. We want to kind of 
take a turn on this and talk about how all of this impacts us as gaming. We have been talking about how uh, young people become addicted to this, how it's taking place when they're defining their own identity, and that they are now part of something bigger. And that is really, really true in online gaming. 97% of kids participate in online gaming. Now, gaming isn't good or bad. But I personally believe that no child should be in a video game that is violent, that is sexual, or has a chat room if they're under the age of 16. Because just as Tom said, they are defining their own moral identity and they're defining their own sexual identity. In fact, one of the... I don't know what's happening here. We're having all kinds of technical problems today. Anyway... uh, In fact, what is happening here in this is that they are getting their sexual identity and they're getting input from total strangers. So with that, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, Tom, a little bit about the gaming thing. I think you have a case there you want to share with how addictive gaming can be. Very good. Thank you. Um, When people go on to the Internet and they're doing gaming in groups, Many times there's this major push to get to the higher level and move up to win the game. Now, unfortunately, there was a mother of a three-month-old child who was playing playing Farmville. And the more she played Farmville, there became the addiction. Now, the two signs of addiction are that you have, you have an increased tolerance, you want to play it more and more, and that you have a withdrawal when you don't play it. So she's busy playing the game, and her three-month-old baby starts crying. She impulsively grabs the child, shakes the child violently, and unfortunately the three-month-old's head hits an object and is killed. She went to prison Mm. for 50 years. So what we're talking about here is that increased impulsivity, as the addiction becomes worse, the person becomes with a complete lack of judgment, and they lose a sense of time. And mm-hmm. with that becomes the impulsivity and the poor judgment. So mm-hmm. that would be a real concern. Parents need to really monitor how long a child is playing a game, limit it to 30 minutes to 45 minutes, and after that, shut it down, because otherwise they're feeding an addiction. Back yes, to you, I- Uncle. That's true of adults, too. And uh, Andy Doan comes on. uh, He often talks about that because people become absolutely addicted. And that is something, parents, I would suggest that you take a look at is, you know, gaming in the right context can be very healthy. It has hand-eye coordination. It has quick judgment. But think about this, especially... uh, I personally believe that your child should not be playing a game that you are not playing with them. Because would you take your child by the hand and take them to a bar and leave them off with total strangers for four hours? No, you would not. Because you wouldn't want them to have that input. But when you buy a game, look and see the amount of sex, the amount of violence, and who are they playing with and what input is going on in that situation. It's very, very important. The challenge with gaming is, as you know, it is the ultimate addiction, if you think about it, because you're in there, you're competing, and gaming is not like a movie. You're living vicariously through an avatar. And you have a score up there and you have a team of people who are influencing you. And many times you are playing in a world of sex and violence. 
one of the things that I'm very concerned about, and we don't have time to go into this today because we're starting to run out of time, but one of the things I'm very concerned about is that I have come to believe that your child's first sexual encounter will most likely be a virtual sexual encounter. And you need to think about that. What if it happens in a game where sex is a weapon, where there's a score and other people are watching? I would invite you to go onto YouTube and look at Minecraft Troll and start to look at some of those on there. I saw one where an 11-year-old girl, her first encounter, she had her little character out there and she didn't know how to operate it. And this guy came across and raped her with her character his character and the whole team's going oh honey get away from there stop get away and she goes honey i don't know how i don't know how and and everybody's laughing at her and then the character has anal sex with her character that is sad you know what psychological impact what's like tom do you have any input on that i mean how would a child process that you think well First of all, they have a pseudo-maturity and a pseudo-sexual identity. It's not real. So then they don't know what to do. There's not, they can't go and talk to a peer and tell them this is what happened. They'd be humiliated, or someone could even blackmail them. So can I go and tell my parents what I got into? No, I can't even tell my parents. So this 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old young girl or young boy is left to deal with it on their own. Instead of taking the basic steps of, you know, having a date and holding hands and the first kiss, no, we're into full anal sex and people are laughing at this person and humiliating her and and they don't know where to turn. There isn't someone to turn to because they have the fear if they expose this and share it with a friend, they'll be blackmailed or they'll be affected um, on social media. So they have really nowhere to go and the fault lies first with they shouldn't have been playing this game. The parents should have been there, as you emphasize, Opal. And they develop this pseudo-maturity that is uh, an enormous problem. See, I have a, I've had a concept for quite a long time, and I don't have any ability to prove this. I, by the way, if there's researchers out there who want to come on board with me and kids and help us, we appreciate it. I've talked to the folks over at USC. I'd like to, that to happen, too. But... Uh, One of the the things that I see in this generation, and even with parents, you know, if a parent saw their 12-year-old son talking to a prostitute out there making a deal for sex, you know, that father would go, hey, son, you know, our family doesn't do that. We have wives, you know, mothers, uh, daughters, sisters. We, you know, we treat women with respect here. But that same very fine father will walk past that son while he's having virtual sex with a prostitute in the middle of a video game, and he'll simply say, oh, he's on that thing again. And I I think that, as Tom was saying here, it creates, even on the part of a parent, a false sense of security, uh, an unwillingness to look at the depth of what is really going on there, a sense that everybody's doing it, and my child's smart, and they'll be safe. Uh, a sense that they don't really have to get involved with it, you know, that everybody's doing it. And I, and I would ask you to stop and think about that. Tom, we're down to two minutes before we close. Do you have any last-minute items you would like to share with our audience here? Yeah, I would like to leave with one solution about phones and gaming and what are called boundaries. 
parents, you need to make sure that you are running the, uh, the roost, which means basically set parameters of a half an hour or 45 minutes for gaming. Also, set the same parameters for the use of the phone. Um, many researchers are now talking about taking a holiday, having a holiday where you don't use the phone for half a day or not use the phone during meals or other holidays, weekends, where they don't use it for a day and a half or just an hour a day. Those things have got to be implemented to reduce the possibility of an addiction or an obsessive thinking or to reduce the anxiety. And I think that solution needs to be considered by our listeners as they relate not only to themselves, but to their children. Well, I thank you very much for joining us today, Tom. It's been a real pleasure here. I agree with you. This is Opal Singleton. We are Million Kids, and this is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We'd invite you to share this show with all your friends, and we will see you next Thursday morning. Thank you so much for following us. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.